I'm not always the only one doing sales in our company because I don't want sales to be completely dependent on me because that's not really a hands-off company. You really want to be able to have a company that can run without you and grow with you without you. And that way it allows you to be able to jump in in the areas where you want to, where you can continue to improve it. Is your current success putting a lot of demands on you? If you're good at what you do, and you are, then everyone wants you. But that's no way to scale. If you're delivering spectacular results, you should be commanding higher fees, working with only the best clients. Welcome to the Hands Off CEO Podcast, where world-class agency owners and consultants learn how to fully monetize their expertise and scale profits by doing less. Here's your host, Mandy Ellison. Hi, this is Mandy Ellison here, host of the Hands Off CEO podcast. So today we are starting a brand new season, already into season five. We started this podcast back in 2018, and it's just been incredible to see all that happen. I always thought that our book would come out before the podcast, and here we are four years into it, multiple versions of my book written, and I just didn't feel like it was ready yet. So just some updates for where we're at, Hands Off CEO. So I have a new book coming out. It will be out in a month. This version, it really encompasses what it means to be Hands Off CEO at a new level. And what I'm very proud about with it is it's a much more mature level of scaling. So it's not about just generating more sales, which is something we talk about. It's not just about generate. It's just not, not about just scaling a service, scaling an agency, scaling a consulting company or a firm. It's about how do you be able to actually use your business as a vehicle to build wealth? And how do you be able to do that in a way where you get more and more freedom, which is something that, frankly, very few CEOs are actually able to successfully accomplish. This is something that is near and dear to my heart, partly because I'm realizing how much bad advice there is about wealth building out there, how much time and energy and freedom people give up in order to actually generate more income for themselves. Also, I'm recognizing that as much as this, this is something that's been uncomfortable for me, for me to talk about, that I have been very quiet about, the reality is, is from you know quite a young age, I actually was very good at generating business, saving money. And I say generating business, generating income, but also from a business as, as early as 12 years old. I was out mowing lawns and I was a skinny little 12-year-old lawn girl going out, knocking doors. You know, my dad helped me. He stood at the sidewalk and was there cheering me on, but he didn't go up there with me. He made me go sell myself. He did help me actually like with the harder parts. I mean, I couldn't even do a pull start on a weed whacker to give you an idea. I was just such a little weakling. So that was where I first started out with really looking at business as a vehicle to really get exactly what you want, to create the freedom and the lifestyle that you wanted. And at that time, I really wanted a camera. There was this camera I wanted. It was, I wanted it bad. And I also wanted just to have the freedom to go and buy whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted. And, you know, as a 12 year old girl with a family of eight, I had five siblings. We weren't poor, but at this stage, we didn't have a lot of extras for the frills. And even if we did, my parents wouldn't have given it to us because they wanted us to work. And as my parents continued to become more wealthy. They kept that same mentality, right? It wasn't until I was graduated in college where now all of a sudden they felt a little bit of pity on me when I, they realized just how independent I was. 
So that upbringing helped me really think differently about business. And, you know, my, my dad studied business. He had an MBA. He was always doing things on the side and he eventually started his own very successful company after some not so successful companies in his twenties, he ended up becoming top in Canada, second number two in Canada in a matter of five years. And he went and sold and had a multi-million dollar exit. I watched that and I watched him also give up his freedom, give up his time. And he was not willing to really start that business that he knew he could be successful at. He wasn't willing to actually do that until much later, until most of us were all moved out because there was no way for him to actually be successful and build that wealth unless he went all in and it allowed him to completely consume his life. And to the point where it actually led to heart attack in his fifties. And he had to, to initiate an early retirement because the level of stress from that business. So I have watched, I've watched my family members in different areas. And by the way, all of my family is actually entrepreneurs now, all of them, including my mother, who is a very successful artist. And all of my siblings are really just badass entrepreneurs. And, and we have this artistic approach that we take it, that we've taken from my mother. And it's just been fun to watch that all happen. But it was a bit of a blind spot until I've talked to a few friends about, you know, the path that I took and the path that my husband and I took to really build our wealth together. And from the time that he got out of grad school and had multiple six figures of student debt from this medical program that he was in, that was very intense to, you know, with me starting up this business 10 years ago, us building a multi-million dollar net worth in a very short amount of time coming from a place of being in a lot of debt. So we had to start our wealth building at a later age. And we had seen all that advice about buy into the stocks early, get all this done in, in your 20s. And we looked at that and we made a conscious decision that we would wait and we'd really invest in our earning potential and go all in in that way. And that we would be making more money later on and that we could use that to be continuing to build up our wealth that way. And that's exactly what we've done. And I didn't realize how unique that was. And now that I realized how unique that is, and now that I've seen so many business owners who get themselves to a place where they maybe they're 40, they're 50 years old, and they don't have the level of a retirement that they really need to in order for them to have the lifestyle they want. And really in a way, even though have a, they have a nice income, it can be at a place where they're living paycheck to paycheck because you know if they lose a couple of clients or they don't have a couple of new clients coming in, their cash flow and how much they can actually pay themselves goes down. What that means is that they have to continue working in order to maintain that lifestyle. And the nice thing is, is that when you can actually utilize your business to not just build wealth for like, a, someday hopefully I can exit this business and sell it. That's what I think a lot of consulting companies are doing, but at the same time, agencies and firms are doing this, but a service company actually has one of the lowest EBITDA multiples. One of the things that we like to look at is, well, how do you be able to generate more cash for yourself right now to invest in other vehicles too? And then how do you be able to continue to invest in the actual structure and process of your business so that it actually is sellable? You know, according to John Warlow and Built, and Built to Sell, only 1% of all businesses are actually sellable or actually go on to sell. And even when they do sell, they're not necessarily getting the terms and the actual value, what they want exiting their company. You know, We've helped a number of our clients be able to exit their companies for way more than they thought was ever possible. 
And one of the big ways that we've done that is by helping them increase profits. So this is something that's really important in this phase that we're moving into right now with recession and with people kind of freaking out with buying patterns changing yet again. We really need to stay ahead of that and be focusing on how do we grow profits? Because it's not just about generating more sales. Because when you generate, when you're just focusing on generating more sales and you're like, okay, I've got to generate more team to be able to, to service those new clients. By the way, there's nothing wrong with generating more clients. Like if you really want to scale, but let's actually focus on the sustainability piece of it first, jack up those gross profit margins first and use that as a way to really generate the cash to be able to profitably scale. And then that way you actually have a lot more wiggle room. And we talk about some of these strategies that you can use to be able to generate more profit and higher price points and being more efficient. There's a lot of things that you can be doing, but the, the higher price point is by far the biggest lever. And that is the biggest lever that you can be pulling right now in your business, even with buying patterns changing, even with it seems like some of your clients might actually be saying, hey, you know what? I don't know if we should continue. That's one of the things that we're looking at with our clients right now is, you know, how do we make our services become essential? How do we go from a client perceiving us as a cost center to moving into a profit center. That is the key to being able to double, triple, quadruple your fees, eliminate price resistance, and actually be able to continue to attract in clients who pay the very highest amount in any market climate. So this is a short episode. I wanted just to introduce the new season and you know, we're talking about the profits and the wealth. And also our next episode, we're going to be talking about the three main roles of what it looks like to be a CEO. What does it look like to be a hands-off CEO? What are those main areas that you need to be really stepping into that's going to allow you to accelerate your business without working more? And you know, the thing is, is that these actions, they are very freeing, but at the same time, they can generate some resistance. And I know I definitely felt that way myself. And there's just different levels in our company where we learn to step into them and to have it go from scary to... I don't want to do that to, oh, wow, this is fun. This is really exciting. And I felt that happen many years ago when I used to suck at sales. I was so bad at it. It was embarrassing. But it was embarrassing because the clients that we would work with were so much better at sales than me. But I knew I had to master this. If I wanted to really expand the mission, if I wanted to really be able to make the mark in the world that I knew was possible with this work we do at Hands Off CEO, I had to become a master at selling. So that's something that you know, many years ago, I really focused on building excellence around. And now it's something I absolutely love. I love doing sales. And it's, I'm not always the only one doing sales in our company because I don't want sales to be completely dependent on me because that's not really a hands-off company. You really want to be able to have a company that can run without you and grow with you without you. And that way it allows you to be able to jump in in the areas where you want to, where you can continue to improve it. We'll talk more about that in those three roles. Really excited to share on the next podcast episode coming out. If this is invaluable for you, if this is something that you'd like to hear more about, please let us know. What are some other episodes you'd like to hear about? You can go to Mandy at mandi at handsoffceo.com. And you can also reach out to us there. We'd love to hear your feedback and you know share a little bit about yourself. And thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.